0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm chatting all about how to practice Ayurveda with your kids. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I'll bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. Today's episode is um, perfect if you are a parent or a guardian of any kiddos, um, or maybe if you have nieces or nephews and you want to help kind of introduce Ayurveda to their lives. So, I'm going to go through pretty much um, the stages of basically just being born all the way up to teenage years and, um, you know, kind of everything in between. So, we're going to start with those first six months. What do we do when they're just a little baby? So, really, those early years. Um, There really isn't that much to do in terms of, you know, you're trying to get them on a schedule the way it is, because obviously schedules and kids really are helpful, um, you know, having them on that schedule, because as we know, sometimes kids are all over the place, and having them focus really helps them balance out that vata dosha if we're looking at it in terms of the doshas. So having them on a schedule the best that you can, and then having them enjoy the breast milk, formula, sleep, and poop. So whatever you're choosing to feed, noticing that. Now, the one thing that you can do when they're really little, if you are um, breastfeeding, being aware if they start to get gassy or fussy after feeding them, start making that connection of what you're eating. Um, and bringing it into their lives. So this is where I've had some clients catch that their child was allergic to dairy because they were having a ton of um, milk and cheese and then their child was really gassy and fussy afterwards. And then it turns out that their child is allergic to it. So those are some of the things that we can start, um, you know, seeing like what we're doing, what we're eating is going into our child. And that's something to kind of notice, you know, most young babies don't do well with that hot, spicy, you know, foods. And so really paying attention how your child responds to that. Now, the other thing that you can do is take care of yourself. So at this stage of the game, um, those first six months, you know, you're really trying to make sure you're nourishing yourself because if you're nourished, you know, your child is going to be nourished and your child's going to notice. Cause that's the one thing that they do is they do notice everything that you're doing, the eye contact, um, the touch, what you're doing and feeling they read that energy. So I did an episode um, on postnatal kind of Everything that you can do postnatal. So if you're in this stage episode 102 has a ton of tips on this how to set yourself up for that um, Postnatal time period and making sure you have the support around you So I would check out that episode if you want to know a little bit more about what you can do Because that is the best thing you can do is taking care of yourself at that stage And then the other thing you can do for your baby is daily massages So doing massages on kids is wonderful and it's just to help them. You know, that's the same as with us It moves that lymph system around and so we're flowing better and then craving that human touch. So, that extra cuddles, you know, having them at this age, that's all they want to do is just be held up and snuggled. And I know as a mama, like that's something that I always loved to do when he was so little. I mean, I still do it now. It's, you know, he doesn't, he's three, so he doesn't like to cuddle as much as he used to, but occasionally he'll still crawl up and cuddle. And, um, you know, that's something that I crave. And so, doing those massages uh, is really helpful to them as well. So now moving out of that, when we're starting those solid foods. So when they're kind of around that six months um, of age, they start their solid foods. And so in terms of what you're doing, you know, if you do baby led weaning, if you do the mashed up food, whatever you choose, you can do the next step. In Ayurveda, we have six tastes, sweet, salty, sour, bitter, astringent, and pungent and the goal is to try to introduce them to as many of those flavors and foods so having them be exposed to all of these will hopefully um, have them appreciate these foods as they get older so that's why we want to expose them to those uh, those six tastes now um, again deciding what you do there like I personally I did baby led weaning and it worked wonderful um, it is like when you're it's very stressful in the beginning because you're like oh my gosh are they gonna choke But uh, it it actually worked great and he learned how to feed himself and sweet potatoes, you know, cut up little sweet potatoes, avocado, that was like his favorite thing to eat. So that is something that I did. And if you're interested in that, I would, I think I learned a lot on Pinterest. They have many different guides. Like if you just put baby led weaning, if that's something you're interested in, um, go to Pinterest, you'll find tons of examples of what foods are best to feed at different ages. And that also gives you ideas of what different tastes that you can throw in there. So the next stage I'm going to move through, and I'm going to give examples of all of those tastes in this next segment because some of the things that I'm going to say probably are not going to be for a six-month-old, like seaweed, probably not going to feed that to a six-month-old yet. But the toddlers through that elementary age, yeah, we can start introducing stuff like seaweed to them. So those six tastes, um, this is where we still – trying to encourage them to eat those tastes. Now I say that because my three-year-old is super picky and he had and was exposed to many different flavors and tastes as a baby and he loved them. And all of a sudden probably the last, I don't know eight months or so, it's just like, nope, not gonna enjoy the things that I used to. So that's where I um, you know I totally <laughs> I have no tricks, nothing to be like, hey, this is how I've made it work. I just try to keep introducing them to the foods and if they don't like it, you just got to keep doing it and keep doing it. And, um, you know, sometimes they start taking it after, you know, the second, third, fourth, even fifth time they're introduced to it. They suddenly are like, okay, I guess it's not that bad. So just like as adults, you know, I try to do that with my husband is encouraging him to keep trying, keep trying. I know you say you don't like it, but you just got to keep trying. So that's what you can do for the kiddos as well. You know, even if they're like, I don't like it, just offering it to them. And, um, not forcing them to eat it, but putting it on their plate and just saying, hey, maybe you can try a bite and um, just starting there with that. So through those tastes, I wanna go through a little bit of what you can offer in those tastes. So first up is sweet. Grains are sweet, root vegetables, nuts, meats are sweet and fruit. So a lot of us don't think of meat as sweet, but meat can be sweet. Um, So they're in there, there's no like cookies, candy, anything like that. So we can get it from those nice nourishing foods. Now, the best season to enjoy those foods are summer, fall, and early winter. So, those are kind of when that sweet taste is easily processed in our system. So, the spring season, we don't do the sweet because the spring season is kaffa, and sweet and kaffa don't always go together because then they can kind of get out of balance. So, that's why we don't do a ton of sweets in that spring season. Next up is sour. So, sour can be yogurt, sour fruits, fermented foods, citrus. And pickled foods. And then the best seasons to enjoy those are fall and early winter. So again, they all are going with each dosha because some of those, um, some doshas are increased or decreased by these foods. I'm not going to dive deep into that today, but I just want you to know the seasons. So next up is salty. This is where that seaweed comes into play, pickles or celery, and then enjoying that during the fall and early winter. Pungent, we have onion, Garlic, radish, cabbage, most spices, peppers, and horseradish. And then enjoying those in winter and spring. So, those pungent, those spices, like you can just do onion powder and garlic powder. We don't have to be cutting up huge things of onions and putting it into their food either. So, that's just one way that you can use those spices um, as ways to introduce these foods into their diets. Next up is bitter, the leafy greens and bitter vegetables. And then the best season to enjoy those are spring and summer. And then astringent is last, which is beans, dried corn, millet, rye, and nuts. And the best seasons to enjoy those are spring and summer. So you can kind of see, um, you might see that all of those foods, they might like some of those, they might prefer a certain taste. And that's just one way that you can kind of start to notice, okay, this is how it's going. I know for one of my clients, one of my adult clients was having trouble with the bitter. Um, she wasn't used to, she didn't grow up on leafy greens. And um, she said once she started having coffee, she noticed that that really increased her bitter taste buds. And so when she went to have vegetables and those, you know, leafy green salads, she said it was not, it wasn't as bad. She's like, I could stand it because I started drinking now, I wouldn't recommend starting drinking coffee for this reason, but she happened to postpartum and she noticed that those bitter greens didn't taste as bitter to her as much anymore. And so that was one way that her taste buds changed and adapted. So knowing that, that our our taste buds can change and they can adapt. So just keep that in the back of your mind when you're working with kids or even yourself. And you're like, okay, maybe that's one way I can kind of, um, you know, work on those taste buds. So next up, around this stage, so around those toddler years, elementary age, you're going to start to notice what dosha your child possibly is. Um, I would say, you, I've picked out my sons. I picked him out when he was earlier. I could see that he's a pitta um, pretty much since he was born. You know, he came out competitive, fiery, and he knows what he wants. And so that's kind of that pitta tendency. And so you can kind of see where that child might be. Now, he also is more prone to having those anger outbursts or he'll get really angry. And that is also a pitta quality. I know all kids get, you know, can get frustrated and angry, but like I just noticed him, it's just it's a pitta. Like I can just tell it's a pitta angry. It's not a, it's not a kapha angry, it's a pitta. It's a I am really angry and um, working with those frustrations, which I'm gonna talk about in a little bit of how to set up their day then if you know that's their dosha. Um, whereas a vata temperament, you might start noticing your child is maybe more airy because vata is associated with air. So they could be more of a spacey child, but they're also super creative and enthusiastic and they love to do art projects. So that's that vata qualities. And then once more, the kapha energy is going to be those nurturing unconditional love, just a softer energy. And those children are ones who just crave affection and attention and love to hug. So those are some of the ways you can kind of start to notice, oh yeah, my child's definitely XYZ. And why that matters is you can help set their day up just as you would an adult. So just as we do for ourselves, they have certain tendencies that they're going to prefer. So for my son being that Pitta and working on the, through those anger issues, I have really had to work on calming techniques. So if you're that Pitta child and you know that your child's also like that, teaching them how to calm themselves down. So we really work on that. We work on having him voice his frustration. I'm like, are you frustrated? Are you angry? And then trying to work on telling us why. So he can really pinpoint those things. And then what can we do to deal with it? So I've worked on having breathing techniques. And so for him, instead of meditating, I've said, all right, let's just take a few deep breaths. And that usually calms him down. Or I say, sigh it out. And he just goes, ah. And that calms him down. So those are different ways that I've worked for that pitta energy to have it a little bit more cooling. And then just getting outside to burn off some of that ample, competitive, fiery, athletic energy. Because usually those pittas are those athletes who just are they have a lot of energy and so making sure they can go out climb the monkey bars jump on trampolines run around ride their bike whatever they're doing they need that energy to be burnt off so um and again if they're elementary age putting them in a sport because those pittas probably are really going to thrive in a sport in a team environment and usually the pitta is tends to be a leader and so they're going to love being on a team and in that environment so they can really work on those leadership skills that they probably have now, the Vata, the Vatas, you have to make sure they're on a schedule. Obviously, it's great for all kids, but that Vata energy, again, can Tends to be sporadic. So having that schedule set will really help calm them down. And then that art and craft time, making sure they have time to use their creative energies. And um, I wouldn't even do, I would just do a blank canvas for the Vata child because the Vata child, they already have a ton of ideas. They're just a blank sheet of paper and they're just going to take it and run with it. So, um, and whereas a Pitta might really want to be coloring in the lines and they want this laid out. The Vata is just open-ended creative play. Uh, meditating and doing some yoga will really help that vata child. So finding a yoga class to help them go to um, and just kind of see, even if it's like a, it's a parent and yoga class, or once they get a little bit older, they, I know some of them start at the age of seven, they can go by themselves to help some of that anxious and excited energy. And those, they'll really thrive in that environment. And then finally, that kapha, the kapha dosha as a child, making sure that they have movement. So just like adult kaphas, they really need to move because they might not be the biggest fans of going to the park for hours, but having them just go outside and play for a little bit, because once they're playing, they're going to play for hours. It's just getting them out, making sure they start their routine. Um, and then having a routine of reading and cuddling. So these are going to be the children who love to sit on your lap and read for hours. Um, they are going to help nurture. You know, they love that affection and getting those affection from their loved ones. And so making sure you spend time doing that. And then um, the one thing with the kapha is making sure that sweet, salty flavors can really increase that kapha dosha. And obviously, sugary foods for most kids. That's really going to increase any of their doshas. Um, like the pizza will get really fiery. The vata is going to get really amped up and just run in circles. And then your kapha is, um, they can get lethargic. So they can just overdo. And so that's kind of where you notice, you know, oh, they might have had too much of um, the sugary foods and it really is affected. So that's why I would kind of pay attention to how they're playing. So just as an adult, you're going to see all of those same things in your child. So setting yourself up and your child up for success in those regards. And then all three doshas are going to benefit from being outside. So teaching them how to have open and to play outside, using their imagination, having them create games, letting them explore the elements on their own, and then teaching them about mama earth. So letting them learn, you know, plant and tree names, if that's something that you know, or even going to a, like a local nature center and taking a class there. And that could be one way that you guys can both get outside in nature and just learn a little bit more Um, because it's so important for those, for the kiddos to just to be outside. And most kids love being outside and they just get tons of energy, you know, from being out in the sun and in the environment. And I know being in Minnesota, it can be tough in those winter months, but once it's, once it's nice out, I mean, just being outside as much as you can really is helpful for the child. And then another idea to incorporate into the younger kiddos' uh, routines is knowing that they are in the kapha stage of life. So you're in the coffee stage of life through about 18, which means they're more prone to those mucus-filled colds, coughs, and flus. Uh, one thing you can do is make fire cider, elderberry syrup, and then just teaching them why drinking like a warm turmeric, ginger, honey, and lemon water is... Um, helps you feel better when you feel run down. So depending on their age, once they start getting into those elementary school grades, um, teaching them, hey, this is why we take this. You know, I've been working with Jalen. He knows that elderberry syrup, if he doesn't feel well, he'll take some. Like he'll know I want some elderberry syrup. Uh, and then gargling warm salt water when you have sore throats. Like that's something my mom taught me and it's something that I, I do now and I will hand down. So the more that we can kind of teach those preventative traditions to our kiddos, you know, the more that they're going to pass those traditions on and they're going to help stay alive rather than going to the doctor and eating antibiotics every time, you know, which is a whole nother discussion for another day because of the overuse of antibiotics. And, um, you know, that's something that I really am conscious of, and I don't want my child just overusing those because of who knows what's going to happen in the future years with those antibiotics and the superbugs. So that's just, you know, those preventative care methods, especially at that young age, because they are more prone to some of those mucousy contagious things. And especially being around little kids, they don't always wash their hands the best and are touching each other. And um, yeah, that is easy to spread disease. So that's why. Now um, we're going to finish up with the middle school and high school years. So obviously my son is three and we're not quite at the age yet, but Um, one thing that you can do is you want, if you want them to understand, you know, Ayurveda, you have to continue to practice it yourself because they're going to watch you. If you're practicing it, um, you know, they're going to say, okay, like at this stage, they might be like, okay, my mom's, my mom or my dad, they're, they're kind of odd. Um, and they, you know, their friends, parents might not be practicing Ayurveda. So they might be like, I don't know, what are you doing? But one thing that I've known for personal training is every client who, you know, maybe grew up in a very holistic household where they weren't allowed to have sugars or sweets, but they, you know, maybe they went to the gym all the time with their family. Like that was their fun thing. They might've went through, most of them went through a little rebellious phase, like in their late teens and early twenties. But I will tell you this from training them, they all come back around. Um, For the most part, every single one was like, yeah, I'm so glad I was brought up that way. I did need that rebellious phase, but now I feel so much better when I grew up because I ate healthier and they come back to those habits because they were constantly exposed to them. They were brought up around them. So that's the same thing I think with Ayurveda is if you're constantly doing it and showing them why they will probably come back around. So if they do have those rebellious times um, where they're like, I don't know if I want this, having that knowledge is priceless to them as they age. So that's the one thing that you can do. I mean, obviously in your middle school, high school age, you're not going to be forcing them to do anything because that's not going to go well. But showing them, hi, I'm meditating every morning. Um, do you want to join me? Or I'm going to go to a yoga class. Do you want to come with? Um, I'm having this XYZ food pairing because this is great for my Pitta dosha. And if your child's a Pitta, Maybe they're like, okay, yeah, let me let me have that um, green juice. All of those things are just simple ways to do it without forcing and just inviting. So at the end of the day, you know, they're going to make up their own minds as they get older. But providing them with these foundations is just another way I believe to teaching them looking at life in a different lens. Because everyone who I've taught Ayurveda to in my um, you know, little, my six week online courses, they all say, wow, I look at life in a different lens. And it is, you know, we, you know we're in the spring season still. So it's the kapha time of year. We want to avoid those sugary and salty foods because they're going to increase that kapha dosha. We know that the mucus filled diseases are tend to be more common during the spring season because it's related to the kapha dosha. Well, we know we have to pacify kapha at this time um, of the year. And if you're a kapha dosha to begin with, you really need to pacify that so you don't get sick. And all of those ways, just having that make those connections really will teach your child to be like in charge of their own body, which at the end of the day is something that I'm truly passionate about is helping us remember that we do have innate wisdom. We are a powerful being and we do know more about our own bodies than we think. And so just kind of taking back some of that power to listen in and just notice what do I want today? How do I feel? So the weekly challenge is what is one thing that you can incorporate this week, depending on your child's age, um, to help them become more mindful or start a new Ayurvedic habit with your kiddos? So maybe you start to notice what their dosha is if they're littler and help just say, oh, okay, they're a vata. I really got to work on the routine. So we stay on a routine even on the weekends. Um, And it doesn't have to be so strict where you're like, at 6 o'clock, we are doing this. At 7 p.m., we are doing this. At 7.15, it's this. It doesn't have to be that strict. But just in general, here's our flow of our day. All right, so that's what I have for you guys this week. So thank you so much. And let me know if you guys have any questions about this um, over at Instagram at andreaclaassen21. If you want this written out, again, it's at andreaclaassen.com. Backslash podcast 190. So we're on 190. And that's where you can find more information if you want this in a written format. So you can kind of see what were those foods that were related to pungent or bitter. That's all down at that website. All right. Thank you guys so much. And go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to AndreaClausen.com where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again and go out there and spread your peaceful power.